0: BC, what's going on, man?
1: Hey, hey, at it again, my friend. That's
0: at it. it that's it. I like the consistency. It's it's you know, it's providing, you know, a structure to my week that, yes. that I I like, I I need, I crave just that, you know, just kind of regularity, whether you know it's with wrestling or family or anything, just that I, I know this this is coming up, so it keeps me on point and keeps me moving yeah.
1: forward. I'm putting something on the schedule, right? There's not yeah. much to put on the schedule right now. I'm no. uh, coming up with stuff to put on the schedule, but uh get my workouts in and then I look forward to this Thursday or this Wednesday as well.
2: Yeah. So,
0: uh, yeah, that's why I, I that's why I started a, a running program for the first time ever like I'm I we talked I talked a little bit about it but I actually have like a program done like just the Nike Run app. Like it's pretty legit like and all their right. stuff, all their premium like content is completely free right now so i'm taking advantage of it and like so they put together a little program you know you can kind of pick and choose how much you want to do and i'm just following it so that's that's my other bit of structure going on
1: that's good stuff man i've always wanted to do a marathon but then i realized that stuff hurts you know that (laughs) that running stuff hurts yeah i've been a big runner you know I, i like to sprint i don't like to run and you know there's all this evidence coming now I see it's therapeutic for you. You're more of a, you're a, you're a aerobic guy. Yeah. You, know? you and your wife both love to get after it. Uh, there's all this research now that, that running is actually not counterproductive to wrestling. We you really think about wrestling, it's, it's way more anaerobic than it is aerobic. We do need the endurance. I think that's kind of an old school wrestling mentality to run, 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 run. And you do get mental toughness running. I think there's other ways to get mental toughness. Um, I strive to struggle with this talking about programs, right? Like if you want to, like you take the running out, right? Or you don't get really tired after workouts. So I'm lifting with the kids and we're doing some lifting and I'm getting like anxious because they're leaving the workout and they're not exhausted. Yeah. Right? They're not exhausted. I'm like, oh, did we do enough? I don't know if that was hard enough today. We could have done a lot more. And uh, with all these books I'm reading and all this research I'm reading and the stuff I'm looking at is all about, you know, three to five reps, if you want – and uh, Danny Struck, good buddy of mine, Indiana yeah. coaches. You know, Dan, you know Danny? Yeah, we uh,
0: – he was at the Silver College when I was there. So I don't know him, like, real personally, but I've had a few uh, interactions with him, and I follow him on, uh, like, Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that.
1: He goes to Silver College every year, so he's – you can't miss Danny at the Silver College. There you go. But uh, he said, you know, if you want to run a marathon – you want to get tired, run a marathon, right? We're here to get strong, and, and I really like that. And it's actually given me uh, – Help me accept the workouts and like it's not always like beat yourself up you know i think the running it kind of goes back to that old school gable uh run 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 work outwork everybody you know what do you think
0: no yeah that's like that's exactly what i'm having a problem with right not not a problem with but i'm like i'm working through it because like for the running like right now for me i i have this mentality of just like go and just run as hard as I can until it's done. Like, you know, how, if I'm running two and a half miles today, I want to run it as hard as possible. But with a program, like it's telling you, like, you know, have this pace, you know, so run at, you know, an 8:30 mile pace. That's, you know, I, that's slow for, for me. Like it's, I have to really be focused, be focused to bring it back to that. And just mm-hmm. being able to pace myself out and, and do that because I'm the same way. Like, like you're talking about is, is if I'm not like sore or walking out of the, the workout, like no. beat up and drenched in sweat, I'm like, ah, it was okay. Like I was there, but
1: did yeah. I do enough? Yet? Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish.
0: But like, as I, as I, you know, you know, you read more about it. Like, like you said, like muscle building in particular, like, you don't want to be so sore the next day that you can't keep going. Right. Like the consistency over time is what's going to build, you know, your, your, body, your explosiveness, your muscles, like all these things. And that's what really, you know, is beneficial to your body. But
2: yeah.
1: yeah. Still- well, your, your goals are different too, right? Cause you're a dad now and you're, you know, late. How old were you now? You, uh, 30. 30, right? 30. Superman was 30. Right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so you're 30 now, right? Your goals are different than when you were competing. Yeah. And when you're competing for wrestling, the training is different. I, I uh, was reading about metabolism, and this, you know, I, I know a lot about metabolism, but this analogy I think helps me teach it better. So if you think of your energy systems, right? So the ATP, which is the, you know, the six-second burst, the, the all the 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 clean, the 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 double leg, the box jump, boom, it's gone. The the football play and it's gone. It's it's spent that's the glucose in your muscles. ATP uses the glucose in your muscles. That's the explosive power. Well, that's like a big, if you think of them like vats, right, or pools or like canisters of energy. So that's an ATP canister, right? It's got a big old opening. It's going to flush energy into your system really fast, really hard, really forceful power. Well, that's also going to get depleted really quickly. Then your body goes to the next pot of energy, and that would be your ATP and your creatine, and that's when the creatine comes in, and it's a little bit smaller pot, and the valve is a little bit smaller. It's still pretty powerful. It's not as powerful as ATP on its own, right? Then the third one is the lactate, and that's when your body resynthesizes a lactic acid and uses it for energy, and that's where we are in wrestling a lot, right? Where that, that burn in your muscles, that lactate training, where you're riding and you're squeezing, But, and then the last pot is that really kind of low, low power energy. It's a steady stream. That's the oxygen. That's the aerobic capacity. And it's the smallest one. It's the least powerful. It's got the smallest valve, but it gives a steadier stream of low, low power energy, right? Well, we rarely get, we never get to that, that fourth tank. We're really only are in the first, second, and third tank, right? And right now, like in this, corona time we're trying to take and fill up that big that first tank as big as possible and try to get as much uh, neurological power and as much ATP power strength that explosive energy that double leg that that hard athletic movement and really focusing there and doing almost nothing in the in the fourth pot and even very little in the lactate right now because we're not training for anything right now right We're, we're training for when we get back right there's no tournament on the schedule right now you know so i i personally i think that lactate training is like practice yeah that's you do that in practice like when you're you're wrestling in practice or you do burnouts or endless rope or or some sort of conditioning at the end of practice that's not that first pot of energy does that make sense
0: yeah 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 i like that yeah it's a good way to just break it down you know just understanding the energy systems is is important like when you're training like when i was training i had no idea i was just like whatever tell me tell me me what to do i'm gonna do it but yeah just understanding like just the different ways that you train and the different systems that they're affecting is is important right like you talk about like you know the gable the old school training ways where you just run in brick walls like you doesn't it didn't matter and you know, who knows, you know, like you look at guys like Kyle Dake and David Taylor who are, are working with, you know, the top of the, you know, maybe, I don't know, you know, it depends on, I guess your skew on things, but they're getting very scientific about the way that they train and, and the way that they've done things over the last, you know, couple years. And, you know, it, I guess the, the the book's not written all the way yet to see how it pays off, but I mean... They're both, you know, world champs in, in their yeah. own and, and
1: height. I think we know a lot more now than we used to know. And the more, you know, I wish I knew this stuff when I was training because it gives you a better focus, like, you, like you're training more effectively. You know that this is where, I think I knew intuitively, you know, when I was squatting and power cleaning and, and doing lunges and stuff like that, that but my sets probably would have been different my intensity i probably would have tried to move the bar faster i would have understood that stuff deeper and it and i think it would have made my my practices better and my training better you know
0: one one thing that that you you told me when i was a, a freshman and i carried this on and I've, I've kind of relayed this message too is just to to lift while you cut weight and lift all season long and it's not it doesn't look the same all the time but um but continue to lift heavy, whether it's, you know, yes. we, we had that, the, those work, those like kind of specific workouts that we would do. We were, you know, we're just lifting heavy and lifting, you know, trying to just maintain that strength during the season. Cause I think a, a lot of, you know, kids, so those were so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. And they, but people miss out on that and then they stop lifting during season cause they're so focused on, you know, shredding down or whatever. And,
1: and now as I, uh, I continue to improve on that system with learning more. I would do it a little bit differently where I would have us doing, we'd be doing even higher weights. We we'd do higher weights. When yeah. we, but when it gets heavy, I, you know, I worked out with Braylon today. He's like, Oh, this is, we were doing fives. And he's like, Oh, I think there's going to be t- too heavy. Like, okay, then just do two. Yeah. Do two. And then we'll do another set of two, you know, and we'd have been lifting more like that to keep your brain, uh, turned on to lift those heavy weights. It's like um, it's like think about this. Have you ever like been moving somebody and you go and you pick up a big heavy box and you carry it out to the truck, right? And then you come back and you look at another box and you think it's going to be heavy, but it's full of pillows. And you boom, you jack that thing up through the through the ceiling. Like now your brain's turned on to go to lift hard, and you do that with the training, right? So like um, heavy farmer walks at the beginning of the workout it could be whether you're going to wrestle or whether you're going to lift like do something heavy and some heavy farmer walks will now turns on your neurological system and then and then everything else after that feels like oh yeah i can doesn't feel that heavy you know right yeah
0: yeah get get that that everything fired everything turning on and everything moving turning over it just knowing that like oh okay, yeah time my. No. my my capacity I mean, is, all, I don't have to work up to it. I, I'm ready.
1: Yes. And then the whole workout's better. It's kind of like you throw some live in at the beginning of practice. Yeah. You no, know, you throw a little live in and then you go back to drilling mm-hmm. whatever you're going to work on. But there's a little live just to set the pace for the practice, start to turn on the competitiveness and everything else. Okay. So let's get to these questions before we yep. get too blended here. And so, um, we're kind of finishing with uh, ask a better question and then we're going to move really this, this is going to be more about mental toughness today. Right. And talk a little bit, give some, give the people some, um, some, some chores or some homework. Here's what you can do now to work on mental toughness, but we did want to finish the questions. because I think we've got a couple of good ones here. Um, uh, first one I got for you is what is the biggest waste of time that coaches make when training their kids?
0: So, I mean, this is kind of an easy transition right, from what we were just talking about. I think the, you know, the running and the the super, super hardcore, like, like old school style of practices and not, you know, really spending time. In, and we've talked about this, you know, a couple of times is, you know, I, I really, I love the technical side of wrestling and I love, you know, working to like get these skills dialed in and I, that's how I want. My athletes to be because I I see the the more technical that they are the the more focused and dialed in there are on being very very on point with their skills. I, I see it carry over, and I just think that people skip that because maybe you know they they don't aren't as technical or maybe they don't you know spend the time to to learn everything. So that so you're saying
1: doing. that they're they're replacing. Teaching skills with running
0: with the heart yeah and just just hard things you know and maybe not necessarily running, but you know I you know it, like you know just just drilling really hard all the time instead of you know taking a step back and you know focusing on being very technical and, and getting everything you can out of uh, a, a session. versus
1: – How many coaches have you seen that are like super skills focused every day? Like they come in to teach skills every day. Is that the norm? Is that the exception? I would say
0: that's an exception in in my experience. And, and I, yeah, overall, yeah, it would be an exception that, and then the the more that I see as coaches that come in just with that, that mentality, like I'm going to break some kids today or I'm, you know, we're going to get, tougher today and and right. you know i think we're going to spin off into some other things you know later about mental toughness and how to how to gain that in yes yeah. i think there there is some value in in put being put through some tough practices and being put through some hard sprint workouts and things like that but mm-hmm. i don't believe that that should be your main focus of your allotted time to practice right? you know especially as you're a devel- developing athletes Um, when they're younger, like, you know, in that, like that really early developmental age, I don't, you know, you see coaches in there just, you know, running these young, young athletes through super tough practices and it's valuable to, you know, to get them, you know, you know, that trial by fire and kind of see like weed out some of them. But I think if you're, you stay technical and you teach them that, that's going to grow into something that, you know, you can really then turn up the heat and, and, and get them because they're already going to be bought in. They're already going to, you know. Sure.
1: Here's the deal is, is you're absolutely right. I think it depends on the age level. Right. And yeah, there's going to be some benefits to, to, to hammering those kids and turning them into little hammers when they're elementary school. But here's the thing. You don't have to, you can still catch those kids. You can still, for the most part, maybe not all of them, not the David Taylors of the world,
2: sure.
1: uh, but, I mean, he's, you know, a half of a half of a half of a 1%, right? But for most of those kids, if you are do some serious focus training once you get to middle school, and eighth grade, you can actually catch some of those kids, a lot of them, okay? You know, middle school, it's got to kind of start middle school, six, seven, eight, eight. But uh, if you want to catch those top kids, but for the most part, a lot of those kids either don't make it or um, you can catch them. But here's the other thing, though, too. We can't lie. Wrestling's hard. It's going to be hard. It's yeah. hard. I mean, that's the way it is. I'm sorry. It's hard. And we can make it as um, enjoyable as possible, but there's going to be some parts of it that is, that is hard. And you have to start to like the hard. That's, that's the key. That's the real, the real uh, magic pill. Is convincing them that hard is good and that hard is fun. And, you know, fighting is not always fun. And even when you love wrestling, practice isn't always fun. You know? So, you know, and I want to get to that with the middle toughest part. Let me ask this other question. Um, What do you think is the biggest mistake? You know, I was going to say, though, too, that I think the biggest mistake coaches make is they waste too much time on the warm-up yeah i i agree with that so much yeah, like way too long like half over we just got to warm it up <laughs>
0: like running like and specifically like running laps and like right. doing butt or, kickers or
1: laying down, and laying down stretching laying down stretch 10 minutes and laying down stretching you know unless you have a very skill-based warm-up too even then that should get shorter and shorter as the season goes on as you as the as the novice kids start to figure out what they're doing and that's Hopefully designed to teach the novice kids what to do. Right, the warm up is teaching the skills that are going to be required in daily practice. This is the stuff we're going to do, so that should be part of the warm up. But taking this half an hour to warm up is just way too
2: long. Yeah, you, know, or you,
0: you have an hour hour and a half with with these kids, and you spend right. yeah too much time. More, yeah, I'm a hundred like or it sort
1: of practice to three hours, and you got them in there for three hours, and that's too long.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: too, long. That's too long for a regular high school practice At any rate um number two here what do you think is the biggest mistake when teaching shooting what are coaches what what's the biggest mistake novice kids make and the biggest mistake coaches or maybe the biggest thing coaches neglect when teaching kids how to shoot leg attacks
2: so
0: to, to shoot I mean I think you see especially when I was in the mid Midwest everybody Shot. Everybody's taking outside steps, and and I'm a big fan of outside step. But there was very few kids that could level change and penetrate and, and blow somebody up, you know, and and or really just dart even dart to to a single leg and get there from point A to point B really fast, you know. Like when right. we're using outside steps, you rely on on having pressure and you rely on on somebody pushing on you. So when when you're down by one with, you know, 20, 30 seconds left or a minute, whatever it is, and you got to go get one, guess what? Like, like they're, they're going away from you, so you got to go get it. So you have to own an inside step penetration or you got to own that, that, you know, that quick fire where you can just level change and go.
2: Um, you
1: know that I believe the, the exact same thing about that because I think we've, we've talked about that maybe your philosophy about that has kind of come from, from hanging around my philosophy. Yeah, But I do think the inside step, outside step is getting so good and people like Chimizo and a lot of the Europeans where they can actually penetrate and go forward with an outside step and go to it. And And Pico is really good with that too. Yeah, he still kind of just would step, you know, his was like, you know, kind of muscling through it and a little bit choppy because he's, you know, he's not a, a... a volume the shooter by any means. He's not a volume shooter. He's not a leg attack guy. I think I saw him when junior worlds. I don't think he took a shot the whole, <laughs> the whole tournament. So he's not. He's that's not his right. his, his thing. Um, but okay, so you were saying. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your point.
2: You, so
0: I think I think that just is 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 something that because it is. I think it is inherently easier to teach an outside step to a kid that doesn't really know. Mm. there how to shoot that well where you can just take from a square stance step in your and put your knee down like that's that's easy but Mm -hmm. to get a kid comfortable you know extending their body going and firing off and being able to get their hips back under them and come up through or however you know I think that's to spend some time there I think there's some value and then um, I really think that you know, past shooting is spending a lot of a lot more time uh, on your knees, learning how to change knees, get your head out, knee um and just finishing leg attacks when it when it gets tough, when it gets hard. Um, right. I think spending
1: more time there, like we talked about before, doing the actual wrestling part of it. You yeah. Got in now. That's so when he's trying to stop you,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: He's trying to stop. Um, yeah, I, I think just to add to that. Um, it's hard to shoot, you know. Shooting's hard. It's why a lot of kids, a lot of coaches, don't shoot teach shooting well. There's some coaches that teach shooting extremely well, and those kids have that those coaches teach have phenomenal shots, and they usually are awesome leg attack people. Um, but for the most part, I'd say you know, seventy five percent of coaches and and, t- and teachers of wrestling out there don't teach shooting well, and Therefore, kids don't have a ton of confidence, especially at the lower levels of wrestling with shooting, right? What you get – and I have this whole thing about like a, like the, the middle class is dying, right? And that's like a, like a, a general statement for, for America, but also for wrestling, like the middle class of wrestling is dying. You kind of have these top echelon, you know, those elite kids that are making teams, and then you got the kids that are, you know, the state champion type kids that are – Qualifying for Fargo and 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 you know not placing but going to the tournament, then you got a whole bunch of kids in between that are on you know. There's a big chasm after that, um, and so and most of the wrestlers are down there at the bottom, um, and so you know they're at the bottom because they don't have great leg attack skills for the most part in in folk style and freestyle wrestling. So.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree completely. There's that yeah, there's, there's levels to it and there, there, there's the elite and then everybody else pretty much, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. So, yeah, we gotta, we got I think as wrestling people, we have to work hard to keep obviously people in the sport and to grow the bottom, feed the bottom and to keep a middle class of wrestlers, which is where, you know, I, I realize kind of, you know, my niche in, in wrestling coaching is it's not for the Super duper elite kids. Although I think I can help those people too, Um, and I really have a lot of fun coaching on that level. But it's really for for your everyday dad that's trying to develop his kid, for your high school coach that's that's trying to teach his kids how to shoot, for even for really experienced uh, coaches that want a new spin or want new ideas. And you know, I I I learned from so many people stuff that you would you know I know it, but to hear the way this person said it or this drill or The skill, it just, it really adds and enriches my coaching. And then you can pull off of that stuff and, and help kids, you know, help kids on the spot, like, like real time coaching, right? Like I can right here, make you better right here in this second, you know? Yeah. so
0: No. Yeah. And I I like that. Just, yeah. Being able to pull from different sources, right. Like, and being able to, like you said, teach in the moment, because like, unfortunately like we're not going to have, you know, a line of kids that does everything just like so. Being able to, okay, Johnny, he's he's better in this situation, or somebody's attacking him with this, and you, if you do your studying and you you ask the right questions to to other coaches, you'll have an answer right then. And and just being prepared, you know, is just the way that the way that we have to be, as you know. And I I feel you know like I kind of fit in that niche that you're saying too, like, I, I, and I genuinely, I like teaching, you know, as much as possible to as many people as possible and, and just sharing and, and riffing and, and getting, you know, and, and learning myself. It's, there's, there's a selfishness uh, to it as well, you know, because at the same time, as much as, as much as I can give, I get as much back from, you know, the, the athletes and the students and, and other coaches. So, you know, it's absolutely. Kind of, when well, you know,
1: you know, thinking about developing kids, it's almost sometimes better when they know nothing. Yeah. Because then you can mold them and say, wrestle like this, yeah. this side you wrestle. And then, you know, it's almost like they don't know anything else about wrestling than what you, but what you told them. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, they don't have any bad habits either, right? And you're creating the habits for them. And I don't know if you remember Seth Goyle. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was great to coach when, you know, when he wasn't – um, when he was making weight, he was great to coach. <laughs> so a little dig on Seth. No, Seth was awesome. Loved coaching Seth. And he was super skilled. He knew nothing about the sport, so Everything I taught him was like, that was it. That's yeah. how you do it. And uh, made it really a lot of fun. And then when you're developing
2: your own child, you know, you get to hopefully you're, you're, you're going to have a blast with that. So, yeah. Okay.
1: Let's get to, what was the last question? You got one for me, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So question for you um, is uh, it was what instructional videos or uh, materials that, that maybe that you've used maybe, maybe, and this could be maybe twofold um, instructional things that, that you've used to, to help yourself learn. And then that maybe you use to teach or maybe uh, give to your athletes.
1: Okay. Hey, uh, so, you know, I can think of a thousand things and, you know, I was, I was very inspired as a kid. I was the type of kid, you know, if I saw a karate movie, I was signing up for karate the next day. Hey, I was, I was going to be a ninja the next day. Right. Okay. So that's a real story. That's a true story. I saw some karate kid, boy, I was karate. I saw back to the future. I was on a skateboard the next day. It was like, I was easily inspired. Okay. so uh, but. Um, the Gable movie, I don't know if we were just talking about this. I know I was talking to Yeah, somebody. I just watched it. You watched my link?
0: Yeah, you sent it to me.
1: Yes, yes. Hey, that's copyright. So don't you share that. Don't you share that. No. So anyway, that's a great movie. That movie changed the game. And when I posted just a little clip of it to see um, Dane Valdez, who's a coach in California, and we're contemporaries, and, and he wrote something on there about how much it meant to him and how it was a game changer. I'm like, man, this guy all across the country had the exact same effect at the exact same time. It did on him as it did on me. I can't imagine how many other people just, like, love that movie, right? The Gable Competitor Supreme. So that, that was one. But this is, really, this is really the thing that changed my career. This, this book, Mental Toughness, Training for Sports by uh, Jim Lear. And you see it's all beat up. You know, it's like I've had this since 1993. My mother wrote the inscription to it, okay, and um, really changed the. I call it my sports bible. Right, My sports Bible. Gable has a book uh, that he calls his sports Bible. And uh, uh, it's by another old time author. You know, that's a different generation than us. But uh, this book really changed the game. There's actually a newer, uh, a newer version of it. I have both of them. Right. And amazing. I learned so much. It really, it really is the, the source of all my success as a wrestler. It's worth its weight in gold.
2: Now,
0: did that, did that inspire you then to take the route of, you know, really investing your time in sports psych and, and yes. going that route? Is that kind of no, – Absolutely,
1: because I saw how it worked. It was, like, crazy how it worked. It was the first time in my life. So I got this book as a junior in high school, and I was uh, – I had taken fifth uh, – actually, I got it before my junior year in high school, right? So right before I got hurt – um playing football and I had shoulder surgery. My mother got me the book. I read it when I was in the hospital and the, literally the first book I ever read by choice on my own without being assigned to me, I read it cover to cover. I said, how does this book know so much about me? It was like a, a really like a, a really life-changing experience for me. And I just became obsessed with this book and I read it and I did all the little silly assignments in there. And you know, these books have all these little mental, write this down and do this and visualize like this. And I did them all. I did them all, every single one of them. And, and then I would I'd get little jobs in the, in the uh, off season. I, I took these all the way through college with me. And I'd take these books, and I'd read them at my job. You ever heard of telemarketing? Yeah. You should be a telemarketer, right? <laughs> and so I would read these books, and I'd be doing the assignments and I'd get a call. And then I'd just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd just release them release and go back, go back to studying. (laughs) You're released. good. Oh man. And I was uh, killing two birds with one stone. I was making money and I was studying and uh, it really made a huge difference. And yeah, I got my master's degree in sports psychology because of just wanting to teach it to others, realizing the impact. And it just, it's, uh, it's awesome.
0: How insightful of your mom though, to, to know that like, know Yo, you're down, you're hurt, you're probably like pretty sad, like pretty bummed like oh what is this going to do like for my you know my career my situation like the things that I love to do are taken away from me and this is chapter in there on dealing with injury you yeah. know and she comes in and boom I got the
1: the answer that's amazing yeah she's brilliant she is uh, my mother is a savant you know she's a news lady she's a, a professor at the University of Lincoln right now in broadcast journalism but really the best coach I ever had because my mother first, you know, my father said this too about her. She's the type of person that could take a goal and turn it into reality. You know, she said, and my father was amazed by her, not to go into my parents for a second, but my dad was like, my my mother was a school teacher and then she was on the radio. And then one day she came home and told my dad, she said, I want to be on TV. And he was like, yeah, right. What are you talking about? Go back to school and keep that pension. <laughs> and keep that paycheck from the, from the schoolhouse. And she said, No, I want to be on TV. And she did it. And she got herself on TV. And she became an anchor woman for 25 years. And so she kind of gave me that gift. And she couldn't give it to me because I wouldn't take it. So she gave it to me through this book. And I, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take it from the book. Yeah. And, but she taught me without teaching me directly. And she taught me directly too. But winning a state title my senior in high school was the first time I ever said this is what I'm gonna do. And then I did it. And it was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It's like a, this is magic. It's like magic. Yeah. You work really hard at something. You write it down. You, you do the things in this book. And so, okay. So that leads me to the next thing I want to talk about. And I want to get your input on this. And we're, basically this is what, this is what we're talking about today. It's like, what three things can you do right now kind of like what I was just talking about, what I did in school to mentally train yourself for when we get back. Okay. And this is the best time to do it. Really, it should be a never-ending process. And I think sometimes you think you got it and you don't focus on it or, um, you know, it's just like any skill. If you don't use it, it grow grass grows over it. And yeah. It's not sharp anymore. You have to keep the path smooth and, So whether it's goal setting, whether it's visualization, whether it's your focused breathing, you know, all that stuff that that goes into really just getting arousal control of your body so you can go fight your best, right? So give me one thing you can do right now.
0: One thing you can do right now, uh, writing down your goals every day, right? Like um, we talked about Coit Cooper's book last week, and this is something that that he is—he's really big on, and, and and there's a lot of people that are really big on it. But having you know your goals, whatever they are, and so the way that that he likes to write them, and the way that I used to to write them every single day was was you write them as if they're already happening, mm-hmm. uh, as if they've already happened. Like so it. Not like not like I want to be a state champion. It's on March 31st. I am. a a state champion at 145 whatever it is and so you write you know you have your list of goals say like five goals and you write them down and then from that you write down action items every single day that you can um so so your big goals right those are the the dreams the goals that's the the focal point of the whole thing but the system to get there are your daily actions so you write down your they, you know 10 things that you can do today and it mm. might be might be a little thing right it might be you know uh watch a five minute video or read 10 minutes in my book but you have those 10 things and you you physically clear them off at the end of the day like okay i got four out of 10 done like that's probably not going to
1: get me to, to where i want to be for each goal you have basically a to-do list for that goal
2: yeah action item that that,
1: yeah so almost like you're writing a paper and you're organizing your paper here's my here's my heading here's my subheadings yeah so I dig it
0: so and this might not be yeah so here's just one of my one of my journals that I just have around the house and it's just I have so I'll just kind of read off what it and it's just from my reading on this day I, I was reading about having a blessed bank. And what like so your bank is what what you hold within you. That's what it was talking about in the book. And so I just wrote down three things that were in my blessed bank: my family, my passion to help other, like so things like that. And then from there, I wrote my values. And um, this is another thing that Coit's really big on: is having you know your core values. And they they can be like you know relatively flexible, but it's just you know three four things that define who you are. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, so finding that might take a little time and, and, you know, some, some research on exactly what you want to be, but, um, no, I think having, having core values, um, writing down your goals every day, writing down action items, and then just journaling, journaling in in general, just read something and then write exactly what it made you feel. and, Mm -hmm. and, it's just a it's a clarifying thing that that it's easy and, and you can do it. You know, it takes 20 minutes uh, total all all together.
1: Love it. uh I think anytime that you're putting your pen to paper, when it becomes when it uh, pertains to your goals, you're moving towards your goals. Right. So literally, the action of writing it down starts the process of the goal happening. There's a great book. It's called Write It Down, Make It Happen. Talks about exactly that. And it's one of those books, you don't even have to read the whole book. You read the first three or four chapters. You kind of got it, you know, and it's like the first three or four chapters are amazing. And you kind of get it all in, in, in that, those three chapters. But I, I know you've done this, too, where you will write something on a Post-it note. okay, yeah. and, and then you lose it. And then you find the Post-it note and you actually did what was on the Post-it note. yeah. <laughs> And it got done. Somehow it got done. Yeah. Even though you didn't have the post-it note anymore, but you wrote it down, and that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Let me let me uh, tell you kind of my, my thing is there's all kind of stuff we could talk about, but what we talked about earlier with keeping wrestling fun and stuff like that is so important once you get, I guess, excited about <clears throat> winning, and excited about how that's going to make you feel, and excited about performing and <clears throat> being a champion, and the attention and excitement you're going to have and the way that that feels, then you sort of you have the motivation and the energy to work and do the hard stuff. Then the hard stuff doesn't seem so hard because it's for a reason. Mm. I'm not breaking my back for nothing. I'm breaking my back for a reason. Yeah. You know, there's a really, it's an important reason. (laughs) And it's an eternal reason that I'm breaking my neck like this. Cause I want something I wanted so bad. And once you kind of cult and then that's, that's hard. And that's kind of something that separates like you can't give that to people, you know? Yeah, You can kind of lead them to it, whether it's your son, whether it's your team, whether it's your co-worker. You can't give them being on fire, right, which is kind of like when I was coaching at San Francisco State, I just gravitated to the guys that were on fire yeah. and coached them up. You know, it was like, oh, who's on fire about wrestling here and who can actually do it, who I like being around. Okay, I'm going to coach them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, and, and it actually made it relatively it easier than you think when you find somebody that's on fire about it but it's getting them on fire and keep it we still had to keep you on fire though too Mm -hmm. right and and that's what coaches do when sometimes you can't keep yourself on fire coaches keep you on fire and but so back to my whole point is is about loving it you got to love it and when you can go into the weight room at ten o'clock at night, and it's your second or third workout for the day, and you go, "I love it, man, I love it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. In. I love it. And I'm gonna go." Or there's, "Hey, one more takedown today, and you got to wrestle that that sob that's super hard to take down, and you're dead tired. It's the end of practice, and he's tough as shit. And hey, I love it. Let's go get another one. Hey, I gotta get one. Let's, I love it. Okay. And there's this great story, and I kind of want to like." kind of bring some closure to it with this story and this is so you know luke santos
2: yes okay
1: so luke santos to set it up was an all-american for san francisco state when i got to san francisco state my first year from nebraska he was the pied piper of the team he wasn't an all-american yet you know i think he was maybe 500 the year before and um but a lot of talent a lot of talent a lot of ability and he had some leadership ability like i've rarely seen before he was the Pied Piper of the team, man. Whatever Luke said, these guys would follow. Okay. And um, so yeah, just tremendous, tremendous leader. He was a Pied Piper. And Luke were, were wrestling one day and we're training him. And Lars and I have him run sprints at the end of the practice, running sprints. And it was my first year there. It was, it was fairly, you know, fairly new to the program.
2: And these guys are crying. During the sprints, like, they're literally crying. And, like, Luke is
1: crying during sprints. I'm like, are you crying? Are you crying? And like, oh, go, dude. And they're running. And I go, Luke, you love it, man. You love it. And he goes, oh, I love it. I love it. And he's he's screaming as he's sprinting. He's going, I love it. I love it. And the next thing you know, the whole team starts going,
2: "I I love it.
1: I love it. And really, like, I could feel goosebumps on the back of my neck just telling you the story because the whole energy in the room and the work ethic and the commitment. And, like, something changed that day with that group of guys with that work and tell them they loved it and they love it. You love it hard. That's what you want. You love it hard. You love tough matches. That's what you love. And you go, what? I do? Yeah, I do. I love tough matches. And that switch – And almost anybody can get talked into that for a little bit, for a little bit and where they can keep it. And you got to continue to to preach that message. But that's kind of like my thing is that you love it hard. You can make digging a ditch more enjoyable. If you convince yourself that you love it and I'm doing it for a reason, I'm getting stronger digging this damn ditch, you know? So that's, that's my, that's my I love it.
0: No, yeah, no. So, uh, so I have these things. So, I don't know. If you can see it. Hey, there it is. There I it love is. It. I love it. So, yeah, these we we were talking about just like resources earlier, and and these are things that that you gave me when yeah. when I was in college. You know, I have got just pages of them, pages of them, pages yeah. of them, and it's all. I'm glad somebody kept that stuff. Yeah, I, I mean. It meant, uh, it, you know, it, it, it just immediately, like, you know, it, we talk about going back and doing, you know, doing different things like that. Sports psych stuff. It, it's always, if from those the, that time, like, it was like Definitely. something that just it sprang true in me, and it's just like you said. There's my dog. No, it's cute. Um, he just being able to convince yourself that you love it and convince yourself that yeah you're capable and because you're doing it for a reason and and defining that, that why, right. That's, I think that 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 saying is kind of bastardized now just because people use it for, for, you know, silliness, but, but having that, like you said that I love it because I'm, I know what the reason is. I know I'm breaking my neck for a certain point and, and just, having that and, 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 understanding that, but yeah, I have like, I use these, I use these, uh, in my, in my uh, master's program, like, to get wow. my final project, it was in there, and, and just, so it, 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 that has, makes it feel great, it's played a major, major role, and I've given, I've, I've kept it going, I've given it, I, I don't know who else that I've given it to that it, it's made it, um, made its way around, but I've given it to a lot of people, and just, you know, because these teachers things, affect <laughs>
1: eternity, man. We affect eternity. Yeah. And the much you gave it to is going to give it to somebody else. Hope please so.
0: please I hope so. I hope
1: so. Please believe. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, start thinking about the topic for next week. Yes. And, and don't forget, you can follow me at, at Brahman on Twitter and at Creighton Wrestling on uh, Instagram. And, Josh, where can we find you? Yeah,
0: my stuff on uh, Instagram at No underscore knows. Same thing on Twitter. And then on Facebook and YouTube, it's Joshua Nolan Wrestling. So all of our I'm stuff.
1: Blow that, blow that YouTube up. Blow yes, up. you can Great find
0: every, every single uh, episode of ours is on YouTube. It's going to continue to go on there. It's also um, what
1: is, is this. This so this is your shirt. Yes, I got the shirt on, and the YouTube channel is called what?
0: It's called Joshua Nolan Wrestling. But uh, so that shirt is is our wrestling club here, based out of uh, Reno, Nevada. Um, we're, uh, we're in our infancy, but we're coming, baby. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. And if you want to get your hands on a, a shirt like that, just, uh, shoot me a message and, uh, we can get that squared away.
2: Marketing genius. All right, bro. I'll see you next week. All right. We'll see you BC. Talk to you soon. All right.